just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you had a great weekend. Now, of course, we're starting yet another week in December. Now, this is a time when people should be thinking about joyous things, anticipating the holidays, whether it be Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever it is that you celebrate. These should be happy, carefree times. And I guess to a certain extent, we all have some carefree times, but there's always so much shit going on. No matter what week we go into, there's a lot of stuff coming down that we either have to pay attention to, be concerned about, or even worry about. I guess that's our lives right now. Hopefully we can work our way out of this circumstance and and, and get back to normal somehow where we don't have to worry about politics. We don't have to worry about politicians. We just have to worry about leading our lives. I mean, for most of us, for all of our lives, trying to figure out how to live our lives was enough work, took enough time. Now you throw all this other shit on top of it, and it makes it damn difficult, doesn't it? Well, I can only hope when we get down to the holidays and you get a chance to spend some time with your friends and family that uh, at least for a few moments, a few hours, maybe a few days, you can let everything else go and just focus on what's important. I think the most important thing we all could have in our lives, the most important thing that we should all have in our lives, is a little bit of joy. And joy has been hard to come by lately with the pandemic and all the other issues and all the other problems in this country. So now that we have an opportunity with Christmas and Hanukkah and the other holidays coming up, maybe we should try to separate ourselves from all the bullshit and try to experience some joy, try to remember what it was like when we could have joy in us on a regular basis. We'll see what happens. I know I'm going to take a couple of days and just not think of anything else. But that's not today. <laughs> you got to keep going. You know, I was doing the live last week, last Friday, and I had a good time. It was with Granny Jace, the In a Minute uh, news lady. And I had a good time, talked to a lot of folks, talked to Granny Jace. It was, uh, it was a good live. It worked out pretty well. Nobody tried to take us down. Nobody tried to get us banned, nothing like that. So I was excited about that. And given that I had some luck in that regards, I'm probably going to do some more lives, maybe as many as once a week. I enjoy doing them. I think they're important to do. But uh, I'd always been fearful of it just because I'm trying to protect the platform and not take any risk where these Trumplefucks can come up and ruin it for me. But uh, I felt pretty good about it this last live, and and, uh, I'll be doing some more, maybe with some other creators. There's creators out there that want to do something like I did with Granny Jace, where we talk amongst ourselves as well as the people that are coming into the live. I'm open to that. If I have to do it myself, well, fuck, I'll do it myself. It doesn't matter. Because all that really matters is uh, the folks that come into the live, the folks that watch the TikToks, the folks that listen to the podcast. You folks are the most important to anything that I do. So as long as you keep that in mind and as long as you keep showing up, we'll be good. So 
We're starting things out on this Monday, and uh, it's going to start out with a bang in terms of the news and in terms of politics. It is expected that the House Select Committee will refer Mark Meadows to the Department of Justice to be charged with criminal contempt. Same thing they did to uh, Steve Bannon. Now, uh, Mark Meadows has been kind of an odd character. He was the chief of staff for Donald Trump, so he knows a lot of what was going on. He was talking to Donald Trump on January 6th and January 5th, for that matter, in the preparation for this insurrection. So he's he has a lot to tell. He knows a lot of things. At first, he wasn't going to testify. Then he was going to testify. Then he got in trouble with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump said, you're not testifying. And, of course, Mark Meadows is kind of a big piece of shit. So he says, oh, yes, sir, I won't testify. So he's not going to testify. Now, the unfortunate thing for Mark Meadows is that before he decided not to testify for the second time, he willingly turned over 6,000 documents from the White House in and around January 6th. There's a lot of shit in there. There's a lot of shit in there. There was a PowerPoint presentation that basically outlined the plan to overthrow the election, undermine the government, and take back control illegally. He just fucking turned that over. Do you believe that? And now he says he's not going to testify. Well, maybe we don't need you to testify. You got it in documentation as to what you were planning to do. And besides, if you did testify, all we're going to do is ask you the questions about the things you turned in in terms of documents. You've already turned them in, so what's the harm in talking about them? Maybe you can put a better spin on them so that it's not so bad. But trust me, Mark Meadows looks bad in this situation. They wanted the swing states to not count the votes and force a vote in Congress or get a different set of electors. Just pull them out of your ass. Just as long as they're going to vote for Donald Trump, they'll be our new electors. Well, Pence, Mike Pence, was pushed to not certify the election, as you know. Uh, Lawyer John Eastman, who is Trump's buddy, was the one that had the plan for that. He created a plan uh, to uh, make sure Pence didn't certify the election. See, the unfortunate thing, we got all these allegedly smart people thinking that Mike Pence had this power, had this control to not certify the election. Well, no matter how they want to look at it, no matter what they want to say, Mike Pence never had that power. What Mike Pence was to do in terms of certifying the election was strictly ceremonial. He had no power in it, even if he wanted to, and I think he might have wanted to, not certify the election. That wasn't an option. That wasn't an option. And if he didn't do it, all hell would break loose, and Mike Pence's life and career would be pretty much over. Now, Donald Trump put a lot of pressure on him. Yes, you can do it. John Eastman, the lawyer, said, you definitely can do it, and here's the plan. Well, Mike Pence asked a lot of people, And uh, he realized that there was no other way to do it. He looked hard, man. He talked to a lot of people to see what can he do to not certify the election. Of course, everybody he talked to said, yeah, that's bullshit. You've got to certify the election. You have no choice. Just fucking do it and shut up. 
Well, he did do it, and Donald Trump wasn't happy. And the insurrectionists weren't happy either. They came to the U.S. Capitol, and they wanted to hang Mike Pence. It would have been interesting to see if they would have gotten a hold of Mike Pence and actually hung him. How that would have changed the whole scenario, the whole vibe around this insurrection thing. If they did that, could the Republicans and the Trumplicans still try to suggest it was just a protest that was calm and nice, a bunch of tourists? I bet they still would. They still would, and they justified by Mike Pence deserving to be killed because of the treason he committed against Donald Trump. Now, fortunately, that didn't happen. We got uh, Mike Pence out of the uh, out of harm's way, and he survived. Now, one of the things in these documents that um, Meadows did say, he said the National Guard would be ready in the event of this insurrection thing. But they weren't there to stop the insurrection. According to Mark Meadows, by way of Donald Trump, they were there to protect the pro-Trump people. In fact, Donald Trump said that too. Those National Guard were going to try to protect the pro-Trump people, the insurrectionists. Well, protect them from who? I mean, I think they had delusions of grandeur that Black Lives Matter was going to come out and face up with them and have a civil war right there at the U.S. Capitol. Well, of course, that didn't happen. They tried to suggest Black Lives Matter was part of or involved in the insurrection, but not one Black Lives Matter person was arrested or found even close to that situation. So that wasn't it. So who was the National Guard supposed to protect them from? Well, the only people who could be the police. So Donald Trump and Mark Meadows had the audacity and the ridiculousness to think that they were going to send the National Guard out after the cops. Come on. It's not going to fucking happen. As it was, he knew it wasn't going to happen. So Donald Trump held the National Guard back. People were asking for him for hours, a couple of hours before. But they were ignored. Mike Flynn's brother was in the Pentagon, who's also a big Trump fuck, and he was holding them back. They finally let him loose when it was just about over, just to make it look good. But the fact of the matter is a lot of damage was, was had. People were injured. People died because of the inaction of the Pentagon, because of Mike Flynn's brother, and because the National Guard was held back. This is all the kind of stuff that's in... Um, Mark Meadows' 6,000 documents that he submitted to the uh, House Select Committee. And then he says, I'm not going to show up. Well, big deal, fuckhead. You already gave them all the information they possibly need. They can put you in jail. They can put a lot of people in jail based on what is in those documents. So the fact that you decide that you... Um, don't want to testify now probably doesn't make a difference. And you're going to get the thing that you least want. That's being referred to the DOJ for criminal contempt of Congress. Now, it's not up for debate whether you're guilty or not. It's very simple. It's not a serious court case. It's a court case that should take 15 minutes. Mr. Meadows, 
were you subpoenaed to testify in front of the House Select Committee? Yes, I was. Did you show up to testify to the House Select Committee? No, I didn't. You're fucking guilty. Done. Then we're talking big fines and some jail time. The way it works out is uh, for every count, and he should have two counts. Well, he maybe only has one count because he did turn over the documents. One count would be a year in jail and a $100,000 fine, up to a $100,000 fine. It could be less than that. But not, not to mention the fact it pretty much stains your career and you'll never, ever be able to run for anything again. I mean, that was the whole point that Mark Meadows finally decided that he was going to testify at first because he knew he was a younger man. He hoped to have a future in politics, and he didn't want to stain it with a uh, conviction from the DOJ. But then Donald Trump stepped in, started giving him shit because he was mad about the book. Mark Meadows had to make it look good because he had to pay homage to his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, and he says, I'm not going to testify. So for every action, there is a reaction. And uh, Benny Thompson, the chairman of the House Select Committee, isn't having it anymore. Now, of course, he's going to be referred to the DOJ today, which is Monday. If you're listening to us at a later date, we probably already know what happened. The only thing that I find interesting is what's going to happen now. Everything seems to change all the time. I mean, he's not testifying. He's going to be referred to the DOJ. He now knows that all the shit he needed to give up is already in the 6,000 6, documents. So what's the point of going to jail over this? This fucking makes no sense. You're not saving anything but appealing to Donald Trump's desires. And is that worth a year in jail for you and ruining your career? God, it seems like it is, but I have to wonder if there won't be some other jumping through hoops before that referral is sent over. Will Mark Meadows say, oh, okay, I'll testify? Here's the thing. Even if he does suggest he's going to testify, he already broke the law. What they should do is let him testify and still refer him to the DOJ because he already broke the law by not showing up the first and the second time. How many chances does this fucktard need to get? So that's going to be an interesting process. And once he gets charged, that's going to send a tone, different tone over this whole thing. But keep in mind, they've already deposed 300 people in and around the White House, in and around the administration. They pretty much know everything. Donald Trump tried to fight keeping the... uh, The document's coming out of the National Archives. He lost two cases. He's got about a week and a half now to decide to uh, appeal it to the Supreme Court. And I'll be honest with you, in my mind, given the extent that this lawsuit was slapped down by two courts, a district court and an appellate court, in my mind, it's going to go to the Supreme Court and they're going to say, we're not going to hear it. And people will say, yeah, but they're for Trump and all. Yeah, 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 yeah. But remember what happened during the election? All these court cases went to the Supreme Court and every one of them was denied to listen to because it was so ridiculous. The the, uh, um, Supreme Court is already sensitive about their image at this point. It's not looking good for them. 
So you really think they're going to take this ridiculous court case on, run it through the system, and just claim that Donald Trump is wrong again? They're better off just not hearing it. And if they just don't hear it, then you know what happens. It's done. He's got no further places to go. This stuff will be released, and uh, it'll be even bigger than the 6,000 documents that Mark Meadows released. So Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, and all the other people tied to him, they're fucked. And when that final decision comes down from the Supreme Court, whatever it be, we won't listen to it or we, we don't find there's any validity to this lawsuit, this takes away any defense from Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, any of these people that don't want to testify or, or don't want to uh, or they're going to plead the fifth. Their defense for those things goes away because it's all about executive privilege. Two court cases already said there's no executive privilege. Joe Biden said there's no executive privilege, and he's the sitting president. Once the Supreme Court does it, Don Trump is done. Everything is coming out of the National Archives and all these other idiots that have these claims or these defenses for not testifying or pleading the fifth are gone. So they're fucked. They're fucked big time. You know, we've been talking about this Build Back Better bill, $1.75 trillion. You hear all the Republicans say the same thing. Oh, how can we afford it? It's crazy spending. This is going to make uh, inflation go higher. This is a crazy amount of money. Well, it's money going back to the middle class, and it's about time because we haven't seen it for many years. But just to give you some indication, and this is both on the Democrats and the Republicans, as much as they've been fighting and waiting for that $1.7 trillion Build Back Better deal, and as much as Joe Manchin and Christian Sinema saying, oh, geez, I'm not sure. You know what happened last week? A bill passed easily to fund the Defense Department to the tune of $778 billion, more than three-quarters of a trillion dollars. It passed bipartisan, 300-and-something to 70 in the House. So that means Democrats and Republicans voted for it. Joe Manchin will, will have voted for it as well in the Senate. No problems there. $778 billion sent to our defense fund. Now, here's the fucking main difference here. Here's some things to consider. $778 billion to the Defense Department for one year. $1.75 trillion to the Build Back Better bill to give money back to the middle class. That spread over 10 years. So we're spending trillions and trillions of dollars with the Defense Department when the top five people closest to us are, aren't even doing half as much as we are, and none of those are adversaries. So what's the point of doing it? Well, we know the fucking point. The point is, and the reason it was bipartisan, the reason why it's simple, and the reason why they don't ask how are we going to afford this, is because it's going to the military-industrial complex, the big companies that make the big money building weapons for this country. They make billions and billions and billions of dollars. 
And then what those people do is they put money back into the pockets of our people in the House and people in the Senate so they continue to protect their interest. We're going to fight over the Build Back Better bill to help the people, but when it comes to sending three-quarters of a billion dollars per year to the Defense Department, nobody says a word. Everybody's cool with it. Now, this should make you angry about the Republicans, of course, but the Democrats as well. I mean, there are Democrats that don't like the Build Back Better bill, aren't all on board with it, but apparently spending three-quarters of a trillion dollars per year with the Defense Department, they have no fucking problems. This is a perfect illustration of why our government is a problem to the people of this country. They're all about feeding the rich. And this is Democrats, too. Don't just think it's the Republicans. It's the Democrats, too. They've been doing it for decades as well. They have no problem, no thought process, not a least bit about a consideration about sending them three-quarters of a trillion dollars per year. Yet these people will twiddle their thumbs, tap the desk with their fingers, wondering, Oh, can we spend $1.75 trillion over 10 years for the people of this country? You see how fucked up that is? I mean, our prob- our immediate problem right now is the Republicans, Donald Trump, the Trumplicans, because they're trying to overthrow our government. They're trying to change everything. They're trying to install an autocracy. That's the biggest problem we have to contend right now. That's why we side with the Democrats, because they're the ones fighting against it. But when that's all done and that's all gone, don't think we're safe. Don't think all is right in the world when that's done, when they're vanquished, when they're gone. Because we still have big problems in this country. Whether they be Democrat or Republican, somehow we have a hard time getting them to focus on the people that elected them, the people that pay them, the people that support this country. But we can't fix all the problems at one time, so let's fix the one that may kill us right now, may kill our democracy, and that is Trumplicans. That is Republicans. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to get this done. But we've got a long way to go to get this country where it should be. Once we get them gone and get them out of the picture, and we will— we really got to take a strong look at this government. I mean, especially if the Republicans go by the wayside. Now we have the Democrats that have full power. That's not a good thing. Democracy doesn't work with one party. You got to have two parties. That's why it's so disturbing that the Republicans are in the position they're in. They're killing themselves because they're trying to hurt the country. But if they succeed in killing themselves, they still hurt the country. Because now we've got a bunch of people without accountability, without any kind of uh, uh, sense of of, of checks and balances, and now they're doing business. We like what they're doing now to an extent. The problem with government, Congress, we don't always know what they're doing. I mean, have we had any idea that they're sending three-quarters of a trillion dollars to the Defense Department every year? And here's the interesting thing that I don't understand. We are sending them $778 trillion for the Defense Department. But you know how much they ask for? 
they asked for $750 trillion. So we sent them another $28 billion for what? I may have said this wrong. $778 billion is what we're sending them. They asked for uh, $750 billion. That means $28 billion was thrown in just for the fuck of it, just for the hell of it. But yet, we have trouble getting everybody on board to give us $1.75 trillion for over 10 years for the betterment of this country and the betterment of the people. You see what I'm saying? Don't get bought in to any politicians, any party, fully. Right now, we're fighting against, um, we're fighting for trying to keep our country alive and our way of government. That's the first thing we got to focus on. But even after we get that done, we got a lot of other shit to worry about. And we need to stay focused. This fight isn't even close to over. The fight between, and, and see, this is where I always have the arguments with people. When I say bad things about the Republicans or Trump, they say, oh, well, you're just a libtard uh, uh, Democrat. No, I'm not. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a liberal. I don't join groups, especially when I know they're fucking us over. And over the years, Democrats have done it too. They're the good guys now, but they aren't the best guys we need to take care of us because they've proven they don't do it. 80 years since we had any kind of money put back in our middle class. That's not all Republican. That's Democrat, too. So we try to somehow vanquish Donald Trump and the Republicans so we can save our government. Then we still have to fight to make sure our government is actually working for us and not the rich and not the uh, military-industrial complex, because they have been doing it for decades and decades and decades. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Okay, if you watched my TikToks, if you listen to the podcast or anything I talk about when it's concerning the Republicans or Trumplicans, I've often said they are stupid, and that's simply because they are fucking stupid, especially Donald Trump. He is virtually illiterate. He can't string together a full sentence, and when he does, it doesn't say anything. It's just some bullshit that comes out of his mouth. And some people give me a hard time. Oh, you're being mean. You shouldn't call them stupid. Well, if I was a bleeding heart liberal, you could shame me for that, but I'm not. I'm something more like a Democrat with a Republican attitude, because I'm not going to let them slap me in the face. I'm going to slap them back if that's what they need to have done. What I will say, though, if you want me to tone it down from them being stupid, clearly they have no foresight. They don't look into the future. They don't look at the ramifications from what they do. I mean, let me put it to you this way. If you're in a fight with somebody and they maybe know some things about you that you don't want known, you can tear into them, be angry, and rip them apart, rip them to shreds. But before you do that, you should think about what are the ramifications from doing that? Sure, I might kick their ass. Sure, I might win. But when things settle down, they're going to expose some things that you don't want exposed. 
or they're going to do some things once they're done getting pounded, and they'll take back the power. Or they'll at least give you exactly what you're handing out. And this is what's happening to the Republicans. I mean, you think about it. And I've said this from the beginning. You do all these things when Donald Trump is in office. Nobody's going to testify for anything. Donald Trump is sacrosanct. You're not going to step on Donald Trump's toes. And they get away with it. Democrats send out subpoenas and they ignore them. And they get away with it. Now, these people are so arrogant, they think, we're the tough guys. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. But what they don't think about is, what about when the shoe's on the other foot? Say everything's different. The Democrats are in the minority and Republicans are in the majority. The Democrats are going to slam the filibuster down their throat every fucking time they turn around which is exactly what the Republicans did. The Republicans may want to send out subpoenas, but clearly we know now that they don't mean shit. Everybody can just not get subpoenaed, especially if you have some control over the DOJ and they aren't going to do anything good. Clearly, the DOJ only does what the president told them to do when Donald Trump was in office, which is exactly the opposite of what's supposed to happen with the DOJ. These branches of government are supposed to be sent uh, uh, separate and autonomous. One branch of government shouldn't have control over the other branch of government. That is the whole point of democracy. But when Donald Trump was in office, he had Barr and everybody else in the DOJ under his thumb, and they did whatever he wanted. We lost democracy while Donald Trump was in office because it wasn't working properly. Well, now we have an illustration of how things will slap you in the face when you get too arrogant and you don't have foresight. We know about this situation in Texas. The Republicans in Texas don't like abortion. Well, we know we have Roe v. Wade and the Constitution backing up abortion, but they want that change so bad. So what do they do? They create some state laws. And they're weird laws. They're not really laws. You can't get arrested for these laws. It just allows people, any people, to file a lawsuit up to $10,000 against anyone who's getting an abortion, uh, helping somebody get an abortion, or performing an abortion. So this pretty much ties the hands of the people in the state of Texas that are involved in the abortion aspect uh, there. Now, we know it's perfectly legal by way of the Constitution with Roe v. Wade. But here's the problem. They've sent it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court let it stand. Not once, not twice, three fucking times. But here's the deal. They aren't thinking ahead. They have no foresight. All they know is we're getting what we want. We're going to be the tough guys. We're going to do what we fucking do. We have no foresight. Because you see, as much as a Republican can do this, Democrats can do something similar. And you know what? Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is doing just that. Shoving it back in their face. And what's he doing? 
Well, he's tired of these AR-15s, these semi-automatic weapons, these ghost guns. So he's going to introduce a bill in California that says it's perfectly legal for anybody in the state of California, anybody, anywhere, to sue the manufacturers and the sellers of these weapons. Oh, shit. Now we've really done it because there's nothing more important to Republicans than their Second Amendment right. Well, let me just say, abortion is the top of their list, and then it's the Second Amendment right. But they're always screaming about somebody coming to take our guns, and that's never happened, but they keep screaming about it because their their party is all about fear. Let's make these people scared, and they'll vote for us to make sure their guns aren't taken away. Well, people still aren't going to take guns away. But if you want to hamstring abortion in Texas, what is stopping Gavin Newsom from hamstringing people for selling and buying and manufacturing semi-automatic assault rifles or ghost guns? Nothing. Nothing. And they're going to scream and yell about this when Gavin Newsom does it. But they've already set the precedent. They've already created the problem. And how are they going to fight against what Gavin Newsom might want to do in California when they're doing the very same thing in Texas? Now, the people in Texas, what they're also trying to do is to let it spread to other states in the union. Well, you don't think that's going to happen with a gun issue? Go to California, then maybe New York, some other liberal states will pick it up. And now it's just going to be a pissing contest between the Republicans and the Democrats. But here's the fucking thing. These states make these claims, these stupid laws, and every one of them on either side, whether it be about the guns or the anti-abortion laws, all are subverting the Constitution. That's the real problem here. Democrats are saying, okay, you want to do that? We'll do this. That may teach the Republicans a lesson, but probably not. They're not the brightest people in the world. But ultimately what happens here is we've got all these states trying to subvert the Constitution. Now we have a constitutional crisis. It's fucking ridiculous. The Constitution, by doing what they're doing in Texas, and now we'll have to allow Gavin Newsom doing it, the Supreme Court is putting themselves out of fucking business because they're going around the Constitution. They're laying off of what's going on in Texas. So now they have to do it in California and anywhere else this gun situation spreads. You see what I mean? The, Dem- or the Republicans start a fight and they think they're so powerful and so arrogant that nobody would do anything back. But let's be honest, the Democrats aren't a lot better than, than the Republicans in some ways. And certainly they're going to do what Gavin Newsom did. And you're going to see it in Boston. You're going to see it in, in, in New York and other liberal states in this country. And it's going to be a good one-upsmanship. It's going to be a nice way for one party to own the other party. But along the process, everything gets, uh, gets confused and our Constitution gets subverted. You see the fucking mess here? And it's all started with the Republicans. They think they can get away with anything, but they don't think ahead about the ramifications about the things they do. Because even if the courts don't hold them accountable, people will. And they're going to have to fucking eat their words. 
What's more important to them, this abortion thing that probably won't win in the long run, or your guns? You can't yell about the gun thing because you're doing the very same thing with the abortion. It's almost identical. You can't argue one without accepting the other. And Gavin Newsom, the Democratic Party, knows this, so it's just going to be a shit show. That's what it's going to be. And that's the troubling thing about that situation. We'll see what Gavin Newsom does. We'll see if he introduces the bill. And if it passes, you're going to see some Republicans crying and whining and screaming and yelling. But California is a good spot to do it because it's highly democratic, highly liberal. And with all these problems with the gun situations throughout this country, it's about time we did something. We've got kids being killed in school, mass audiences being killed in Vegas, and our government has done zero to protect us from that. So it's about time somebody does. I don't know if this particular situation is the best result, but maybe this will open the eyes of the Supreme Court and our Congress and maybe get something done. We can only hope that is the case. Well, we had some weather problems in this country. I know where I live in Minnesota, they were talking about uh, heavy snows. Now, where I live, it's kind of in the central part of the metro area. We got about four to six inches. That's not a big deal in Minnesota. But I have a brother who lives in the southern portion of the metro. He got 18 inches. That is a problem. That is taking time to dig out. He had to have a tow truck come out to pull him out of his own fucking driveway. So we do have uh, some weather problems up here, but nothing like the central part of the country. And here's something interesting about that. We heard about the tornadoes. These are unusual this time of year. These are historic tornadoes, and these were especially vicious. They wiped out entire towns. And the state that took the brunt of those tornadoes, of course, is Kentucky. There's as many people as 100 people that are dead that they know of now. It could grow from this point. They say 80 to 100. I've heard different claims on it. It's a lot of fucking people. And it's a lot of people because of a tornado or multiple tornadoes that hit a number of states but hit Kentucky the hardest. Now, here's the ironic thing about it hitting Kentucky and causing as much damage as it did. You know who the U.S. Senators from Kentucky are? Mitch McConnell and uh, Rand Paul. Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell are the Senators. And here's why it's ironic, especially with Rand Paul. When we had hurricanes down in the Gulf of Mexico and serious damage and lives lost in those areas, or up on the East Coast with Hurricane Ida, These two fucking clowns were against providing federal help in terms of money to those places. And why? Well, how could we afford that? We've got a high debt. We've got trillions of dollars in debt. We can't afford that. No, let's just leave the East Coast and the uh, Gulf Coast hanging and struggling. Remember how much they did for Puerto Rico? Yeah. 
I don't think we spend this ridiculous amounts of money helping people of this country, which is in fact the first job of every fucking government official in this country is to protect its citizens. But they're worried about how much it costs. Well, here's the ironic thing. There was a lot of damage in Kentucky. And now Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, of all people, are begging for help from the federal government. Let's get some money to help these people. And I don't even think it's because they care about these people, but they need to do something in order to justify people voting for them when the next election comes along. They've got to appear like they're their champions in trying to get money into Kentucky. This is as hypocritical as it can get. We don't want anybody else to get help. But now that Kentucky got hit, we need to get some help. It's fucking unbelievable. These these politicians, whether they be Republican or Democrat, many of them are just despicable. They're hypocritical. They're pieces of shit. They only care about themselves, and they don't care about the people of this country, which is what their job entails. Yet they get all this power, they get all this money, but they refuse to do anything for the people of this country. Like in the case with the hurricanes down in the Gulf Coast or the East Coast. Or whether it amounts to sending people money from the government, some support and some help in the middle class, something we haven't gotten for decades. When that comes to that, We've got to worry about how much it's going to cost. But yet we send $778 billion to the Defense Department and don't think anything of it. It's all cool. Sure, we can afford that. We've got to feed the military-industrial complex. So it's going to be interesting to see Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul beg for their state, which is what they should do. And you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you want to own the Republicans, what what they would probably want to do is say, yeah, we're not going to give you nothing. You, you didn't want to give anybody else anything, so you shouldn't be asking for it now. That won't happen, especially with Joe Biden in office. The people of Kentucky are the innocent people. They aren't the politicians. They are suffering. Many of them have died. People have lost family members, friends, loved ones. They will get the help because that's what America is supposed to do. That's what our government is supposed to do. And you would hope that Mitch McConnell and uh, Rand Paul got a little humble in this situation. But they won't. The next time something hits the East Coast or fires in California or whatever it is, they're going to say, oh, we can't afford that. You better give us money for Kentucky, but we can't afford it for anybody else. These are selfish fucks. These are self-centered, arrogant pieces of shit, and they don't have any business in our government, in Congress. One of the things I heard this week is some of the crazy shit coming out of the mouths of Republicans. Now, I know we're used to crazy shit, but this is really crazy shit, and I thought I'd pass it along. First of all, You remember Ron Johnson. He is the Republican senator from Wisconsin. He's a nutcase, a conspiracy theorist, just a crazy fuck. Now, he's the one that told us COVID was a hoax. He's the one that touted ivermectin. 
But now you know what he's saying? You know what the cure for COVID in his mind is? Listerine mouthwash. Yeah, that's all you got to do is take some Listerine mouthwash, swish it around. You're cured of COVID. Here's here's what I don't understand. You told us ivermectin is a miracle drug that it'll save us from COVID, and all you fucking idiots took this ivermectin. Well, if you were right about ivermectin. Why do you keep coming out with more cures? You got Listerine. You got people selling $110 bags of dirt that you pour in a tray and you walk around on because that's going to save you from COVID. But you told us ivermectin was the answer. But now you're off on other shit. Listerine, dirt, whatever the fuck it is. Do they even understand how stupid they look? How ignorant they appear to be. I I can only think that it's a way to grift more money. And that's a sad thing. People are dying by the thousands from COVID. And they're fucking around telling people it's a hoax, that they need to take ivermectin, walk in some dirt, drink Listerine, do whatever the fuck they're supposed to do. But they know it will kill people getting COVID. But they don't care about that. They care about being right, and they care about uh, grifting money for themselves. Then there's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, yeah, she's a fucking beauty. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, We are closing down schools because of COVID, but 600,000 people a year die of cancer. How come we're not closing schools down because of cancer? Are you fucking serious? You really think that's a good analogy? You really think that makes sense? First of all, cancer isn't contagious. There's no reason to shut down a school if there's a disease that's not contagious. I can sit next to people. I have sat next to people with cancer. I never caught it. They don't understand the difference here. Trying to make the comparison between COVID and uh, cancer. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. And again, it perfectly illustrates just how stupid these people are. And here's the best one. I don't even know where he's going with this one. Tucker Carlson. The biggest lionist piece of shit we have ever seen. On Fox News, which isn't actually news, it's some entertainment program. He's been sued many times and he says, I can't believe anybody would take me seriously. Yet there are millions of people that watch him every day and take him seriously. Well, he was talking to somebody on a show recently, and he says, "Uh, have you heard about this deal with COVID? He said, yeah, people are catching COVID, which is ironic because you told us it was a hoax. But he said, people are catching COVID, and it's feminizing people. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's feminizing people. So you catch COVID, you're a big truck driver, and you get COVID, and somehow it's supposed to be feminizing you. And what about the women that catch COVID? If it feminizes them, so what? They're already feminine. What? How do you even come up with this shit? There's no verification on it. And even if it did, that's the least of our problems. 
Maybe these people that got COVID that are these trumplefucks and it did feminize them, maybe it would tone them down and make them more sensible than these crazy fucks they are. But that's that's just absolutely ridiculous. There's no medical um, medical facts that say that. And the last thing is, so it feminizes people. Like that's a bad thing? The worst thing that you could be is feminized to a certain extent? Whether you be male or female, come on. You're playing to a bunch of fucking red meat-eating racist piece of shit. You're telling them not to get the vaccination, but now you're telling these idiots that, well, if you get COVID, you might get feminized. I don't even know how you come up with that shit. It's it's fucking amazing to me that this actually happens. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is also media-related, and this is an interesting one. We know that Chris Wallace had been on Fox News for years. Now, Chris Wallace said some crazy shit, too, but for the most part, he's the one with a sound mind at Fox News. He called out some of the other people on the air for the stupid shit they say. And Chris Wallace is the son of Mike Wallace, and for those of us that are older, we remember Mike Wallace as being a hardcore interviewee, tearing people apart and being pretty honest. So it's natural that uh, Chris Chris uh, Wallace would be more in line with normal people as opposed to the conspiracy theory idiots over at Fox News. Well, he quit. He resigned from Fox News. And guess what? He's going to CNN. Well, that's interesting. Chris Wallace quits, uh, quits Fox News, which is about fucking time, and then decides he's going to go to CNN. What the hell is he going to do at CNN? Oh, wait a minute. Didn't they just fire Chris Cuomo? They need to fill somebody's spot. Now, I'm not saying for sure that they're putting Chris Wallace in there, but it would make sense. You need somebody with some clout, some kind of name recognition. There are some people on staff there that they've had fill in and such and done a fine job, but wouldn't it make sense for Chris Wallace to be put in there? I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know that I care if it's going to happen. But it's going to be interesting the first night that Chris Wallace is on the air at CNN. He may have some questions to answer regarding his time at Fox. Because while for the most part he was normal and pretty sound of mind, he did kind of venture off in some crazy shit. So it'll be interesting when he does show up on CNN. It'll be interesting to see if he takes over for Chris Cuomo or they put him someplace else. Who knows? We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have questions or comments, send them to rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to uh, anchor.fm, look up Rational Boomer podcast. You can leave a voicemail message there. All right, you have a good day. We'll see what happens, and we'll talk about more and catch you up tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.